Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Last week, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what the formula is. Can Jesus actually raise from the dead? I mean, that seems so insane. I've seen Jesus do all kinds of other really awesome things, but, but he was alive when that happened. And now he's dead. And, and my friends, they told me how he was beaten and he was insulted and he was stabbed. And he ultimately died on the cross after hanging there for only a few hours. Then they put him in a tomb and they put a rock in front of it. And then there were soldiers guarding it. So how on earth could he even get out? Ah, that's, that's insane. My friends keep telling me, they're like, Jesus, he rose from the dead. He came and appeared to us. But until I see the, the mark in his side and the marks on his hands, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it. After doing more calculations, the answer is still zero. Zero percent chance that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Zero percent. I'm going to keep trying to figure this out and trying to figure out why my friends are lying to me or if Jesus actually rose from the dead. But I'm, I'm probably not going to believe it until he, he reveals himself to me in his true body form. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I knew that I would eventually find out whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. It turns out, though, all the confidence that I had in my math equations didn't really pay off at all. You see, Jesus appeared to me in body form. One day, we were all sitting in a room really scared after all the people were looking for us, trying to hunt us down and figure out what to do with all the followers of Jesus. We were real scared. I'm going to be honest. I was terrified. And then Jesus, out of nowhere, just appeared amongst us. And I'll never forget those next few moments. He walked straight over to me, looked me in the eye, and he said, look at these scars, touch my hands, look at my side. My jaw dropped. It was crazy. It was one of those life-changing moments. And he looked at me and he said, Thomas, stop doubting and believe. And I looked at him and I said, my Lord, my God. So when the other disciples heard what I said, they rejoiced, they celebrated, because I had gone from being a person of, of doubt to being a person of trust. From a guy confident in his math equations to a guy confident in the resurrected Jesus. You see, in that moment, Jesus brought life back into my story. But on that day, Jesus also said something that was, was very interesting to me. I think it might apply to you guys today. He said, Thomas, you have believed because you have seen me in person, but blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. And I think of you guys today, those of you listening to my story, the story of Doubting Thomas and how Doubting Thomas turned into Trusting Thomas, how Doubting Thomas turned into a guy who is scared to a guy who is willing to go into the world and preach the gospel. Jesus brought life back into my story and it wasn't until that I saw him in his physical body that I was able to comprehend that. But you guys don't have that luxury. You guys aren't able to see the resurrected Jesus, but yet you can still experience him. You can still feel that. You can still know that Jesus can bring life into your story. You see, Jesus brought life back into my story, and he can do the same for you. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. John twenty twenty six to 29 
Well, hello, everybody. Again, my name is Mallory, and it's so nice to be here with you. Hello. I love your sneakers. They're so bright and lovely, and I love them forever. Love those sandals. Uh, everybody, I want you to yell your name. Okay, I have the count of three because I want to get to know you. So, one, two, three. <laughs> Nailed it. I heard one Blake and one Karen. So, that is so exciting. I am so excited to be here with you tonight and to, to talk about the life of Jesus and, and how that affected the life of Thompson and how it affects our lives today. But something that I wanted to start out with is a story from my past, okay? I wanted to tell you the story that I honestly, I promise, I honestly thought I was going to die, okay? There is two times in my life that I thought I was going to die, promise. Uh, first time was after a cleanse, okay? If you know what a cleanse is, that's when you like only eat vegetables and fruits and you stop eating all the good things like breads. And then I ate a burrito and I thought I was going to die, so, um, yeah, I, my, my mom was like, let's get healthy. And we all, like, ate fruits and vegetables. And then my friend was like, you want to go see a movie? You want to go eat a burrito? Yes, I do. And then I ate a burrito, and I thought I was going to die. I was like, Lord, I'll see you in five, okay? They're going to find me just on this ground in my own throw-up, you know? I want to be honest with you. I know that we've just met, but I want to tell you that, okay? But the time I want to talk about most is I want to talk about the second time I thought I was going to die, which was when I was deep sea fishing. Okay? Has any of you been deep sea fishing? Okay. Yes. Deep lake fishing will do. I will take it for 200, Alex. Yes. Okay. So, yes, yes. Deep sea fishing. Have any of you just been on the seas? Yes. In a cruise ship. Yes. I, I need you to know this. Before anything else, I need you to know that my greatest top three fears are as follows. Snakes, deep murky water, gluten intolerance. These are the things I fear. I'm afraid I'm going to be in a boat on the seas and someone's going to say, no, you can't eat bread. And a snake jumps in the boat. That's my worst life scenario. That's, that's, the, that's the worst thing in my life. So, so when I was 18 years old, I went on a senior trip. And when I went on the senior trip, they were like, oh, let's like, hang out at the beach. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm a scaredy cat, but I wanted to be with my friends. And there was a group of like 10 of us. Okay, they went down to Florida. And we're like, yes, we're going to enjoy this. And then one of them was like, what if we deep sea fish? Because I'm looking in this like brochure and like you can deep sea fish. And when you're deep sea fishing, whatever you catch, they'll cook it for you. And you get to have that awesome experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like fish. See, you listened. You know I don't like fish. Okay, so I don't want to go catch my own food. I'm not a bear. And I don't want to go on the seas. That's not what I want to do. But I did it. I did it, okay? And do you know what? It was like the entire time. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Mallory, get up. Get up. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just the world spinning. No, Mallory. See? Your name, I'm going to give you, your, your name's Alex. You were my best friend in high school and you were doing this. And I was like, no, Alex, go away. Okay. That was my life. Okay. I had on one life jacket on top, also one like a diaper. This is not, this is not what I suggest because if you know how life jackets work, they make you bob. But if you're wearing two, this is how you're going to die. 
Because just your back and your booty are bobbing and you're like, I can't breathe, okay? That is just true. So this entire time I am on this boat, my friends are just like, get up, get up, okay? You're blocking the sun and I'm getting a tan. And I'm just like, no. Okay, I was seasick. I was in a storm. I couldn't see land. I was the only one not to catch a fish. They actually tied me to the, like, the stern of bow stern, the front of the boat, and they put a fishing pole in my hand and was like, make it worth it, catch a fish. Only one that didn't catch a fish. I just lay there like this. Because also, this boat, it wasn't hot dog, okay? I mean, it wasn't hamburger. It wasn't, like, thick like a cruise ship. It was like a hot dog. So it was like every time it just, like, hit wind. Like, wind wanted to kiss it. It was like, it was like, and I was like, oh, okay. This, this is a story of the, I, I really thought I was going to die. In that moment, in that moment, my life was over. I was 18 years old. I wasn't even that, I was kind of old to be like diapered up with a, you know, a life jacket. But my life to me was like this big. This is my perspective. Everybody do this with your hands, Okay. Okay, and, and does anybody know what perspective means? Perspective, okay, okay. How about you, red shorts? Tell me what perspective is. Absolutely, yeah, 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 seeing, seeing. My perspective, my seeing, even though I was kind of older, I was 18, 18 years old, my perspective was like right here. I'm dying, my captain's dumb. And um, he promised me to catch a fish and go back to shore, and he's not doing this, okay? He's taking me out to kill me with a shark, okay? That's what he's doing. And so my perspective was this small. Do you think that it was kind of selfish that all I cared about on that boat was me? Yes, okay, but in the moment, it seemed worth it. I was the only one that was. Everybody else was like, vacation! And I was like, okay. So in this situation, my perspective was this big. Everybody this big, this big, okay? But in, in real life, that is just a blimp on my story, okay? Little did I know that that was like so small. It's a story now that like you tell around the dinner table. They're like, remember that one time when you freaked out that you're going to die? I'm like, hush, hush, okay? My perspective was this big because in that moment, I thought that my life was over. In that moment, I thought that everything I knew, my story was ending because my captain was not steering me right, okay? So I think of this story when I think of the story of Thomas. We've been studying about Thomas. We've been learning about Thomas. And with Thomas's story, we can kind of see where he's dabbling in doubt, okay? Um, we, we spoke, we spoke um, a couple weeks ago about how, like, it's not bad to doubt, but we don't stay in doubt. We have to search it out. When in doubt, search it out. Everybody say that with me. When in doubt, boom, nailed it. Okay. So, so Thomas is doubting and Thomas is doubting in the scripture because what has happened, what his perspective is, everybody perspective, put it up here. His perspective is this big. His eyesight is this big because his Lord has died. You know, his Lord says, there's a kingdom of heaven. His Lord says, I will go now, but you will see me again, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. But when it happens, when Jesus dies, his worldview that was big, because the gospel is big, the story of Christ is big. God has been doing amazing things for thousands of years. 
it all shrunk down because it all became about he left me. It all became about I'm, I'm stuck and I'm alone. And the story that we're learning about in the scripture tonight, it talks about how uh, Thomas was alone and he, they had to come to him and say, oh, Jesus appeared to us. Jesus appeared to us. Don't you think it's interesting that Thomas was alone? I mean, these 12 guys, they hung out. These 12 guys, they like stayed together. These disciples, they were a part of Jesus's story. But why, why do you think our Thomas was alone? Our Thomas was alone because he felt broken. He felt like the story was ending. And isn't that sad when our doubt isolates us? But then Jesus came to the collective. He came to the collective and he said, I have risen. And in community, we believe. In community, our eyesight, our perspective, everybody perspective, gets bigger. In community, when we, when we learn things, when we, when we dive in with people, our perspective becomes a lot bigger. Okay? And so do I have, I, I want to read this scripture. I want to read it on the screen. Does anybody, a really good reader in here? They would like to, they would like to read. Um, let me go for, let me go for a green shirt. Green shirt, come here. Green shirt. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. Everybody say, happy birthday. As loud as you can. One, two, three. Nailed it. You'll remember it forever. Okay. What's your name, my man? Uh, Jeff. Jeff? That's a fabulous name. G or J? J. Absolutely. That's the way to spell it. If you know a G. Okay. So, we're going to read this out here. Everybody listen up to Jeff as he reads our scripture tonight. He's humble, that Jeff. Now, here we go. Boy. Now, Thomas always knows, known as Didymus. Uh, it's a weird name that no one has, knows how to say, so I don't blame you. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. When he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put into my sides. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God, the Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. John 20, 24 through 29. Yes. Give it up for Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Killing it with that literacy. Here's the deal. Okay. I know, Jeff, you're a rock star, but anyway. So, so, so here's Thomas, and he's alone. Thomas is alone, and he hasn't seen Jesus. His perspective has gone from grand gospel to very small. His captain, his captain of, you know, his ship of his life, Jesus, has been killed. And and, and this big mission became very small because all he could see was this sorrow. All he could see was this loneliness. All he could see that his story was ending. You know, this is the story of Thomas, but Jesus doesn't let him stay there because Jesus is an amazing, amazing friend. He's an amazing, amazing comforter. And Jesus, he, he appears to the group. 
And he says, I have risen. And everybody's like, wow, awesome. But then also Jesus is like, I told you I would. And they were like, wow. And it's like, okay, believe me, I would. Okay, I'm alive. But you know, here's the deal. There's going to come a time where I need to leave again. And you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready for your whole world to shrink. But yet you have to make it bigger. Okay, I'm going to leave again. But now I am alive. Know that I have risen. But Thomas isn't there. And it reminds me of this amazing, amazing scripture when Jesus is about to be arrested, okay? When he's about to be arrested, we find Jesus praying. And when Jesus is praying, he has the biggest perspective. His arms are out wide because he says to the Lord, he says, Lord, this is going to be hard. This is going to be tough. And I know that there's going to be so much pain and sorrow. And if there's another way, please take that way. But if it is your will, Lord, I will die. Because, guys, this is my big thing. This is my big thought is that when I thought I was going to die, it was just about me. When I thought I was going to die, it was just about me. This big. When Thomas thought that Jesus had died and died for good, his world became this big. But when Jesus was praying to God, when he was in that garden about to be arrested, and when he was praying, his view of death wasn't just about his death. It wasn't just this big. His his sight, his perspective was not this big. His sight was doing this for the entire world. So everybody do perspective with me again. And Jesus' death covered everyone. And so... When he, when he was praying, he trusted God's perspective. When he was praying, he ch- trusted God's promise that he would rise again. And when he was praying, he trusted God's story. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about tonight. Is that we need to trust his perspective. So write that down. Trust his promise that he has come to bring life and live it to the full, his perspective, his promise, and his story. Because his story doesn't stop here. His story goes on. But sometimes we're blinded and we just see our lives and we see it not going as well or something happening at school or in our family. And we think and we doubt. And we think that our captain is taking us out into into the ocean and the storm's going to get us. But really, it's bigger. And that's what Thomas learned, because Jesus didn't say, well, Thomas, you didn't believe me. Well, Thomas, that's not, that's not the story, Thomas. He didn't say that. He came to Thomas, and he said, Thomas, touch these. Thomas, see and believe that I'm alive. But blessed are those who don't need to see to believe. And that's you. Isn't that amazing that you are in the scripture? You've never seen, I've never seen, we've never seen the risen God. We've never seen the risen God, but we know it. We feel it. We believe it. Because even in our doubt, we search out ways to answer these questions that build up our faith, that widen our perspective of more than ourselves. And that's what the gospel is all about. And so know that Jesus has redeemed. That's his story. That's his perspective. That's his promise. And that's why we walk into communion. 
And as the band comes out and starts to play, I really want to take a moment and really just meditate on what we do with this juice and with this bread every week. This, the, we, we take it very seriously because when Jesus is saying to Thomas, look, look, I'm alive. Look, touch, touch these hands. When he's saying that, he's saying, blessed are those that don't have to touch these hands, but I'm going to leave behind something. I'm going to leave behind a remembrance of me. And that's what communion is. That's what this juice and this bread is because Jesus shared in one last meal with his disciples and he said, listen, he crouched down. I imagine they all had reclining tables. And when someone changes their body posture, isn't it amazing how it changes someone's perspective, somebody's focus, brings everybody in. So Jesus crouches down and he says, I'm going, I'm leaving. You are not going to be with me anymore, but know that I'm here. Know that I'm bigger. Know that just because I'm gone doesn't mean that you're gone. Just because I'm gone doesn't mean God's story stops. And he picks up some bread. And he says, this is my body. Look at this. Look at this metaphor. And when you take bread, you think of me. Because when I die, it's not about me. And that's the best thing about our Savior is it's not about him. He's so selfless and loving that when he died, he said, this is about you. I'm doing this for you. So he says, when you take this bread, you think of me. And when you take this juice, when you take this juice and you drink of it, you think about my blood because, because my blood has to be spilled. And in my blood is forgiveness but within my blood is this remembrance that I did this for you this is all for you and so guys the story of Thomas the story of Peter the story of John, James, Matthew it's really the story of us, isn't it? it's the story of Jesus coming in and taking our perspective and taking the light off of us and making the world his stage And to do that, we have to trust that he can see better than us. We have to trust that when he promises he'll rise from the dead, when he promises miracles, he'll do it. And when he says, my story will continue, he's going to do it. And that's the best thing about his story. And so as our ushers come or whoever's going to dismiss us to go get our communion, I I want to, I just want to, I want to pray and I want to be still. Because when we rush to these tables, let's make sure it's a rush of joy or maybe a walk of patience and peace to reflect on the fact that this bread and this blood, this was given for us so that we could see more and we could get out of our doubt and into trust. So let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you so much for this night. Thank you so much for allowing me to come and speak Thank you for sharing a part of your heart through mine, Lord. I thank you so much for these fourth graders. I thank you for this night where they get to come and they get to be with us and worship. And that's so exciting, Lord. I pray over these fifth graders as they make this transition and they become an older classman. As they go on, Lord, may they be moving and loving to these fourth graders, Lord. We thank you that we get to go through this series about your story because your story is so beautiful and is so vast. And Lord, as we take 
this bread and we drink this juice, Lord, may we remember you. And may we not just take it for our physical bodies, but Lord, may we take it for our spiritual heart and knowing that when we take this, you're widening our eyes. You're reminding us that we trust in your perspective, that we trust in your promise, and that we trust in your story. Thank you, Lord, and in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.